Hello there. This is Dr. Corey Helton, and you're listening to a bonus sneak peek of Bounty Hunt, one of our Patreon-exclusive shows where we chat about Star Wars beyond the expanded universe. If you like this content and want more, head over to patreon.com slash utini and sign up. Enjoy the show. This is the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Bounty Hunters, we don't need that scum. A Utini Patreon exclusive featuring Star Wars news and discussion beyond the expanded universe. I have never met a Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. And now, it's time to collect those credits. As you will. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. That hasn't happened since the... We haven't had to scrap an episode completely since the Queen's Shadow Times. Queen Shadow Dang. <laughs> You're not supposed to say those words, especially, so, you know, in case you Is missed it. Is it there on your shelf? Um, yeah, oh, it's over, it's over on this shelf. Inside. Probably. All right. Eric's is on. Who's at fault here? Can you see yours on the, on the screen? Oh, mine, is, mine is here. It, it's this one. Yep. What does it look like? What color is it? Look? Yellow. Yellow? Yellow, yeah. Yellow oh, with is. black. No, it's over there. Ha! It's not it even was, the shot. It's my fault. It was my fault. The one. You were too powerful that you crashed the whole gun. thing. Yeah, so we just recorded like, what, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, something like that? Yep, five, 5 to 10 minutes of Bounty Hunt! Welcome to our take two of episode one, which is kind of episode two of Bounty Hunt, our Patreon-exclusive UTV <clears throat> podcast where we hunt down all the extra content in the Star Wars universe. I'm your host, Eric Eilerson, and joining me on this week's hunt are the doctors, Dr. Corey Helton and Dr. Charles Hankel. Our mark this week, ladies and gentlemen, is The Mandalorian, episode one. Well, I'm kind of glad that that happened because it gave me a chance to, like, pound this Miller Lite that I'm drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're ready to talk some Mando. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure this is is what that guy was drinking that, like, when his drink spilled when when the door opened or whatever. Hey, Mando! I I know that guy was, like, just the giant a-hole, but, like... Spilling of his drink had nothing to do with Mando. It was like well before Mando came in. You know what, Charles? You're right. That guy's a bully. I'm he glad is. he got destroyed. <laughs> yeah, also, I'm pretty sure that, that the Mandalorian didn't spill his drink. I, I think no, that no. He, he didn't. He spilled yeah. before he, he even got in like there. A whole minute. He spilled his own drink by having the, the first bounty, like, Getting beat up on his table. Yeah, yeah, because he was trying That's to cut that cut that dude's nuts off his chin. Yeah, exactly. his, so, his musk is still sweet. I was like about to vomit <laughs> one minute of the episode. Just everything Man. about that alien was really gross. Can we just say that? Yes, we absolutely can. Because guys, what we are going to do on this episode is talk about a lot of fluids, a lot of disgusting body parts. About the first episode of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian, which dropped this Tuesday. And we are spending our first episode of Bounty Hunt and the next seven episodes of this show detailing every episode. The plots, the characters, our thoughts, and we are doing that all because you, lovely listeners, are patrons of our Living Force podcast in Utini. You unlocked this show, so thank you very much for that. We hope it goes well. Before we get into the nitty-gritty and more fluids about this, this episode, I want to go around the horn real quick, guys, and the say, juice. we all got up really early on Tuesday morning to watch this, because we wanted to not be spoiled. We all watched it with our coffee, and when the first episode ended, when those credits rolled, how were you feeling? 
Loved it. Just honestly ecstatic. Like giddy. I think giddy is probably the it best word to describe word, yeah. how it Like those the credits when they were rolling and they were putting up the concept art or whatever it was, like mm-hmm. I was just like, No, 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 it cannot be over. That was not forty minutes or whatever. Right. Like where is episode two? Why can't I binge all of this right now? Like I I cannot wait for the next part. Yeah. yeah. I the first thing I the first thing I told, I think, Caitlin, because we watched it together, was that uh, a great deal of the trailer footage was from the first episode. Yeah. Like, that was very notable, which is always a great sign, because that means they didn't reveal squat in the trailer, which means they didn't reveal any of the story in the trailer, which means the TV show is going to have a lot more substance than, than we've seen, even in the first episode. And, I mean, there was a pretty giant moment in this episode that happened that wasn't even hinted at. In any of the trailer footage, and I have to imagine it's going to play a pretty big part in the rest of the show. So, yeah. By the way, gigantic spoiler alert! Holy smokes! Especially you guys that are overseas, folks uh, that have been completely screwed over by the contract gods who have not allowed you guys to get Disney Plus until I think March of next year. Yeah. Um, I can't, you know, officially endorse stealing it off the internet, but. I can say that I personally would probably steal it off the internet if I were <laughs> um, That being said, if you haven't seen the episode, we are going to 100% ruin it. There is gigantic yeah. spoilers in, in this. Good call, good call. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just piggyback off you guys real quick and agree completely. I, I was dumbfounded when the episode ended. It was paced so well. It was the fastest 40 minutes I've seen in a long time without feeling rushed. And I was glad to an extent that I didn't have episode two because – we got to have all this discourse for the last couple of days, yeah. mm-hmm. and I haven't had that in forever. Like, I mean, yeah. the fact that the last season of Game of Thrones sucked so bad means that I didn't really get to have that weekly conversation yeah. as much. So sure. now, even though this is only going to be a three day or three or four days between the first and second episode, then it'll go to a week. I already feel like it's been so long because I've been able to talk to you guys and talk in Discord and look at some Twitter stuff, um, and it's been so much fun. Yeah. And I, I really can't wait to have that discourse every single week. Yeah, man. The water cooler talk has been super, super fun. I was initially super bummed that they were going to do it like weekly, but now I'm like, I, I'm totally down for that. Dude, and it, I had a buddy of mine who was not a Star Wars fan at all text me earlier today, and he was just like, so what's up with this Mandalorian? And I was just like, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I had a guy at, at work. I, I had a break, so I was watching it for the third time on my iPad, because we've each watched it three times by now. Yep. Um, I was watching it for, uh, to catch up for this show, and another teacher just kind of leaned in and said, oh, is that that Mandalorian show? And they've never said anything about any Star Wars book I've had, anything I've been watching. So this is really kind of conquering the whole space of the media. So, Yeah, I, I think everybody is very curious, too, like, because yeah. this is live-action Star Wars. This has never been done before. Like, mm-hmm. I think even though the show seems like it's going to be very like fan heavy to where like it's a, it'd be a, it's a good show, you know, if you're not a huge star Wars fan, but if you are a huge star Wars fan, like you're going to really get it because there's going to be a lot of lore. It seems like, yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's very interesting. I got a lot of questions, more questions. I answered more questions this week about star Wars from like my coworkers and nurses and other doctors, I think than I have like ever. So you know, yep. very curious. And I think that Disney has like a, like a far enough reach that uh, there's a lot of really mainstream people are excited for Disney plus for the Disney reason and not the star Wars yep. reason like we are. So yeah. Yeah. 
And I think this will bring people to things like the Clone Wars and the thing. Like, I had a buddy that was like, he started watching the first episode of Clone Wars this week because he was like, you know what? I've always wondered about it. Yeah. And, yeah, and I was I got, answering questions about the Clone Wars today. Like, the question I always answer about the Clone Wars is like, so does it get better or is season one like the standard? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, it gets better. Season five or uh, season two, episode five, the uh, the second battle of Geonosis is my what I always reference for people. Is that yeah. that's when that's when the Clone Wars gets really good? Is that episode to me? Yeah, and I got to say on a side note before we're, we're going to dive into some characters here because we want to we want to dive into everything about this episode. We'll try to keep it a little shorter than the Living Force, but no promises. One one of the things that really got me giddy, as you said, Charles, was the fact that it ended. And you know how Netflix will say when you're done with a show to recommend the next show they want you to watch. Mm-hmm. He said, do you want to watch The Empire Strikes Back? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. uh, yes, yes, I do. But I don't have time because it's five in the work. morning. I got to work. But, <laughs> but like, yes. I could just click it and it would play Empire. And that's, we haven't, we, we haven't had that. Yeah. My TV has never asked me that question before. Yeah. So very, very excited. So let's dive right in on some characters. If you are a Living Force fan and you've listened to our book roundtables, you know that we usually talk a lot about the characters of a book first, then we dive into the plot. We're not going to be super format heavy on this show, but we're going to try to go a little similar to that because we don't want to reinvent the wheel here. So before anything, I want to ask you guys about the Mando himself. All right? Mm. <laughs> this is a faceless character. It's a nameless character. What do you think? He's, he's got to take his helmet off at some point. Like, yeah, All right, when do we think he's taking the helmet off? Let's just go to that question. Episode six. Three. Six, three. I'm gonna three. say the finale. The finale? Yeah. No, I it, think it's gonna be soon. It's gonna be very late. It's I gonna think, be I think he's gonna take his helmet off as soon as he introduces the chick. What's her name? Do you guys uh, know her uh, name? Uh, Gina Carano plays Cara Dune. Yeah. I think I think when it because it seems like that's gonna be kind of like his clan and like there's the scenes from the trailer where they're like fighting with sticks and stuff. I think mm-hmm. he takes his helmet off for the clan. But they said it twice. In this first episode, they referenced taking the helmet off. Like the yeah, first guy, the, the Mithril asked him if, if, is it true you guys never take your helmets off? And then the, the, uh, the Ugnaught was like, wheel, maybe, you yeah. can, maybe you can see better if you took it's your helmet off. It's one of those things though. It's like, it's, it's suspenseful that he doesn't take, like they should, they should use this little trope for as long as they possibly That's can. Fair. That's Who fair. Is this guy? Yeah. I want to see his face. And I'm of two minds about why, because I think one, obviously the Mandalorian armor is very important. Uh, if you've watched Rebels, if you've read stuff about the Mandalorians, the armor is passed down from generations. It's, it's very symbolic of, the, of your honor, right? Yeah. But we know that the Mandalorian, or we can assume from this episode, I don't think he's a natural born Mandalorian as a foundling, quote unquote, right? I think he was a refugee from the Clone Wars that was brought into the Mandalorians. Like they may have found him to kind of re- bolster the ranks. So maybe, oh God, this is all conjecture, but based on the found the word foundling, hmm. I think that they found him and brought him in. So maybe he wears the armor so much to kind of like make up for the fact that he doesn't have the ancestral part of it. So he's trying to kind of double down. Interesting. I kind of interpreted uh, as very, I'm so glad to talk with you guys about this because I kind of interpreted foundling as like, maybe he was an orphan and another clan sort of adopted him. Ooh. Yeah, okay, I, so it didn't even occur to me that he might not be like by blood Mandalorian at all. That did not even I, occur to me. That's interesting. I feel like they're gonna make this guy a true Mandalorian, whatever that means, because they, yeah, we've gotten Boba Fett, you know, before introduced as a Mandalorian or whatever, and then he wasn't actually a true Mandalorian. Like I feel like this guy, they want us to know Mando culture just yeah. based on what we saw in that first episode. So I feel like they're gonna make him a real one. 
Yeah, I, I think that um, overall, his character was, was super cool in the first episode. Kind of what we thought, right? He was not the strong, silent type. He, he talked a lot more than I thought he was going to, which I actually liked a lot. I'm glad he wasn't just quiet the whole time. He cracked some jokes here and there, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, he started out the show as a, he was an ass kicker. He didn't take shit. Uh, yeah. And then he was on a job. And, you know, kind of just your, your, your paint-by-numbers protagonist sure. at the beginning. But I really do like how at the end, which, which I do want to get to later on. I want, I want to have a big part of the show where we talk about the end. Yeah. We see kind of what he values. So yeah, it's, which is very interesting. Like, yeah, like the whole, yeah. the whole episode, he was kind of like almost a bad guy and then kind of maybe some redemption. There's the last couple of seconds of the show. Very interesting. But yeah. um, one of my, one of my buddies pointed out today that like the character development might be a little tricky if he never takes his helmet off. Like he's almost a faceless character, which might be difficult to yeah. do. So, well, I and I also had the idea that uh, I was talking to some friends that, uh, mentioned Pedro Pascal because he's Pedro Pascal is the actor who plays the Mandalorian, right? Mm-hmm. He played Oberyn Martell in Game of Thrones. He's been in a couple of things. He's a real good looking dude. He's very excited yeah. to be in Star Wars. So I think one, you don't cast a guy that attractive and not show his face. Right. But two, it's interesting that they cast someone with that much charisma in his past roles because you're kind of banking on your audience knowing him from past roles because as he would talk, I realized subconsciously I was kind of thinking of Oberyn. I was kind of thinking of Pedro. So even without seeing his face, I could kind of interpret what he was saying because I yeah, sure. knew his face from, from the past. So I think it was a good call casting someone that was at least a little recognizable. So I know we'll see a lot more of him coming forward. Audiences, remember, Corey's guess is episode three. Charles's guess is episode six. My guess is episode eight. We'll see who's right. We should 100% do a poll on... Uh on uh, patreon to see who people think is going to be closer to the winner. oh totally and if we don't do that by the time this episode drops put it in our discord right now and remind us because we might forget <laughs> uh second character i want to talk to very briefly is the first mark our mithril character who is uh, horatio sands played him uh was a, a decent comedian i want to talk a little bit about did, about how he felt did he feel star wars authentic he was pretty jokey um, what do you think about him as being the first kind of face we see in this show? You want to know my honest thought? The first time I saw him was Always, he, Charles. he looks too green. I'm not even <laughs> kidding. Like he looked like, he looked like, I don't know, a like paint color, color that you can go and pick up. Yeah. Green? Are you colorblind? No, he's blue. definitely blue. Is he, he teal? He, all right, whatever. Teal is like green, blue. Teal. It's not teal. He's like bright ass blue. All right, like Smurf play. blue. He's like a Smurf. It's not a Smurf. Right, we're, gonna yes, a, we're gonna make another poll. Is he yes, blue or green on the Patreon? <laughs> TV settings are important. People <laughs> calibrate your televisions. <laughs> I'm okay. googling him right now. So, so maybe his color was a little too intense for no, you. No, yes, but that's not what I really wanted to say about him. I think he is going to come back. In like yeah, he's definitely more blue. Um, <laughs> but my wife can we can never agree on what green blue is. We have this recurring argument like always. So I need to ask her what she thinks. So all right, ask her if we agree that I'm less crazy than I thought. But yeah, I I think he's gonna come back weirdly at the end. We don't know that much really? about him. Interesting. I, 
I have this weird feeling like at the end of season one, he has some kind of information and Maybe. they're going to unfreeze him from Carbonite. Well, they gave him, they gave his ass to that, that bounty guild dude though. Grief card. Like yeah. Yeah. They unloaded him. They did. Yeah, well, I think it, I think it's going to be something like uh, a recurring bit that more comedians are going to make cameos. Cause we had him, Brian Pasein drove the, the guy that drove the land speeder. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big comedian. And I think that, the geologist from the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, like, I couldn't un- I couldn't un- see that. It's crazy. I mean, Brian Posehny <laughs> made cameos all over TV, right? And I know he's. I think he's friends with Favreau, and he's a mm. huge nerd. So I wonder if Favreau is just gonna call like all his comedian buddies. Like, is Pat Oswalt gonna make a cameo in a show? <laughs> I hope so. Please you God, know? put him in the like, Mandalorian. Sister was on a plane with Pat Oswalt last week. Really. Yeah, that that video of uh, of him with with the, what, what did he what was that called? Where he, it was filibuster. Yeah, the Star Wars filibuster is such a great video on YouTube. Look that up. If you've never That'd seen. That'd be it. incredible. But, so I mean, I I liked him at the Mithril. I liked him. I thought I thought yeah. the the comedy was. I liked the comedy. I thought his. I could. I've seen a little bit of criticism about. Um, like some of his makeup and like like it's stupid criticism like you know yeah. stop picking apart every little thing just because of star wars first of all okay that's yeah. frustrating like hopefully if you're a listener to this show you're not that kind of person <laughs> but like i could maybe see it like it was a little weird like it was obviously a human and a lot of makeup like his face was kind of frozen a little bit like because it's yeah. got that thick heavy mask thing on and like his cheeks wouldn't really move very much with his mouth moving and stuff but yeah. i mean, what would you rather have? A completely CGI character? Exactly. No, that like no, it was great. Like it was practical. It was great. I thought it was funny. The the whole like I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Like that scene was just yeah, and it was fantastic. Perfect. Now in <laughs> retrospect, we know that the Mando knew he was gonna go right to the carbon freezing chamber. So. What he wanted him to do. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. It was, it was you never seen a mithril empty his thorax. Yeah. <laughs> great. Really well done, and that was also fun. How him going down there. We got to see a Rodian we haven't seen in a while. You know, got mm-hmm. to do some more stuff. Maybe and- a chick. Was that a girl? Maybe like in the other carbon freeze. Yeah. Yeah. It looked like it looked like a yeah. young kind of woman, which is very interesting. And yep. all of his weapons. There's a huge rack of weapons down there. We Guys, it was that. clearly Mara Jade. Come on. Oh wow. But I did like his bit. I liked uh, <clears> the <throat> fact that we got that. That big ice creature. We got a new creature in Star Wars. We had a little bit of that was very that was very Star Wars. I will say, um, the only part of the entire episode that I didn't like is the weird little bit. Like I really liked the Kubaz. Like that was cool. We played the little flute. That was awesome. But that whole little like scene seemed a little jarring to me. Like why was the why was the ships parked so far away from like the only civilization on this planet? Like that was weird and the whole CGI droid ship and there's like no droids. Like I know the the quote was kind of neat, but but like it, yeah. the CGI was not as crisp as the rest of the CGI in the show. Yeah, I actually had a point why why I put that down later uh about the no droids. <clears throat> I think that's got to be because of um in those flashbacks, and in the trailer, we saw that battle droids were taking over the Mandalorian settlement. Yeah. So I'm guessing he might be like, we're in the cantina. The yeah. droids aren't allowed here because they're afraid of the separatists. But did, did, so, did that seem weird to you guys, though? Like, that whole little bit, like, it just seemed like kind of a waste of, like, 10 seconds. Of, like, he, yeah, cause, it wasn't like, great. I think, I think it was just to point out that he doesn't like droids generally. I think that's yeah. the only reason Maybe it was added in 
later or something. And the CGI was weirdly off on that ship. Yep. I don't know why. On it just the, seemed the droid land speeder. Yeah. 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 I definitely noticed it. The, even the first time I but, watched it, I noticed it. But the it. second one that came that had the human driving, it was really good. Like with yeah. the yeah, that was great. That's what like, I'm saying. Like he almost almost and then seemed like he didn't fell off. Yeah. Right. Whenever yeah. he stopped, was great. that was old. I'm yeah, that was all just, really crisp. I wonder. If, I wonder if it was added in later or something. Like, I'm gonna guess the second one was practical because they actually had it on set for the full scene, and the first mm-hmm. one was just CGI because it was only needed for two seconds, and you're not gonna maybe. feel the whole land speeder. Yeah, yeah. maybe that was kind of odd. Opinion. That was the oh, that was my that's my only criticism of the entire episode is that weird little ice bit of. <laughs> They see, like, they're flying all the way out there. There's obviously monsters everywhere, so why do you park out there? <laughs> yeah, like, sure. that, but that monster was sweet as hell. And when that he, like, sick. when he, like, used, like, he, like, went to the, the cargo door or whatever, and it, like, it, the ship kind of shifted. He kind of, like, stumbles and falls yep. into the wall. That Those effects were fantastic. And then he leans out and, like, zaps him with this, like, baton thing was awesome. Yep. It was sick as yeah. shit. And I love that, too. He's fallible, right? He's not, yep. he's not just the ultimate badass. I really like that, right. too. Right. So we leave this ice planet, and then we go back to Grief Karga. Carl Weathers is waiting yeah, for his bounties. Mm, he great character. Four uh, bounty fob fobs tabs. I forgot what they're called. Pucks. The, the, the pucks. No, the the blinkers. I think that's a fob. Yeah, yeah. The bounty fobs. He like just lays them out. So cool, like a G. Mm-hmm. He's like, here you go. Got them all. Tries to pay him in Imperial credits, and he says no. That was very interesting. That says a lot about the state dead. of the galaxy right now. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. Like, there's no stable currency in Star Wars apparently after no. Return of the Jedi. It's like after the <laughs> that's Civil a little War. alarming. <laughs> you know, it's like after the Civil War when people tried to use Confederate money. They're like, no. Intergalactic economic collapse. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. but then I they had the Mon- like, I felt like though it was because he he personally had an issue with the Empire. Though I don't think it, totally. it necessarily it, had to do with like the fact that. The Empire was gone, and it didn't have worth anymore. I thought it was more like him making a statement that had something to do with Mandalorian culture. Because I don't think that the person that he went to that helped make that new, uh, what do you call it, the little shoulder piece for his armor, Mm -hmm. I don't think that she would have accepted Imperial credits. I don't know why I feel that way, but I don't think. All right, well, then here's a question. Yeah, I'm going to jump a little bit here because it's Bounty Hunt. Screw the outline. Uh. I'm going to jump into the lore a little bit because he yeah. takes the Mon- the Calamari Flan, which is fun. Mon Calamari. Uh, fun. Also interesting, I pointed this out when I was watching it with my friends last night. Like, we've never seen a physical manifestation of money in a lo- in any Star Wars. Like, we've seen an animated series, sure, but we've never seen anything, I don't think, other than Imperial Credits. As other than money. Imperial Credits, yeah. Right. Like, and we've never seen physical money in the film or anything live action. Han, like Han tosses a coin to the bartender when he says, sorry for the, yeah, mess. but you can't, you don't see it though. Like That's it's true. just, it's obviously yeah, a coin, it. but like interesting that, but like there's different currencies in Star Wars. Like that's I don't think it's ever been established before. Like the Mon Calamari have their own money and they look like little ice breakers. <laughs> yeah, I guess they probably they probably you know don't get don't rust or anything because they're all underwater. <clears throat> but I want to jump to the Mandalorian um, clan scene, right? Because so he gets paid. He takes the uh, he takes the next bounty and he's gonna go figure out his next target. But he stops. Um, after he goes to get that target, he gets a piece of Beskar steel, and then he goes to find the Mandalorians, which we are getting more than one in this series, which I guess makes sense, but I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah, where we me either. Getting, like, that was very thing. interesting. That little, like, enclave, kind of a secret enclave of... Yeah. It like, looked like we were watching it, and my girlfriend turns to me, and she's like, that's a refugee camp. 
Interesting. See, because they're, they're like, like a safe house. A little bit. Yeah. About. yeah, that's a good way to say it. And But they're clearly in the shadows. Yeah. Because I was looking and I'm like, he walks past a Mandalorian and it looked kind of like a Clan Ren-esque helmet from Rebels. And I'm like, okay, these are a bunch of different clans. And then he meets the Armorer, who's a total badass, like, Viking yeah. armor. 100% thought it was going to be Mandalore. Like, based on how the helmet looked and, yep. like, the spikes. And it looked old. The helmet looked older than... I definitely thought, like I, I told Caitlin, I was like, I think it's, I think it's Mandalore. Like, yeah, like I'm the, you, do you guys know that? You remember that from Kotor? Like, Mandalore yeah. is the leader of the man, all the Mandalorians. Like, he's like yeah. the king, essentially. Yeah, and also the name of the planet, which is interesting. But yeah, it's like Naboo. Naboo is the people. Naboo is the planet. Naboo is the moon. Like, yeah. Mandalore is the thing. But she also had uh, uh, the eye, the eye slits of the armor's helmet were like Sabine's, um, in yeah. that same shape. Yeah, that's what I thought of immediately. <laughs> yeah. But I love what if it <laughs> no what if it is oh. Sabine holy shit okay her I armor think... would never have been that gray that's true that's true it's not enough color I do think I do hold out hope we're getting Sabine in this series but I don't think that's it I think that I I so I'm gonna tie this back into what you said Charles about the him not liking the Empire for some reason mm-hmm. I think that something happened between the Empire and Mandalore because we know in rebels the Empire was trying to kind of bustle their way into Mandalore, right? And they were taking over some clans. But we never quite saw the end of that, if I remember correctly. Um, so I think something happened where the Empire either destroyed Mandalore or, like, shoved all the Mandalorians off the planet and made they them had all, that, like... They had that weapon, remember, that Shabin helped build? Oh, right. Absolutely. So maybe they destroyed... A, maybe there was, like, a mat... The Purge! She said the Purge, right? That's when he got. She's like, we haven't seen this since the purge. I assume that meant the Jedi purge, which is what Order oh, sixty six was but, called. But why would they care? Why would the Mandalorians give a shit? I don't know. That's what it was called. Was the purge, wasn't it? Like the Great Jedi purge. I don't know. I there think. Can I mean, be I more think. Than one purge. Yeah, I think it. Was, I mean, it was. You're right. That that is the name. <laughs> Isn't um, that the, what that shitty movie's called when there's no there's no laws for like? Yes, it is. <laughs> Maybe that maybe that's what she means. Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole that's a whole subplot of Rick and Morty. Remember the Purge planet? Yeah. Oh my God. I was <laughs> this is this is two for two. We're talking about Rick and Morty on on Bounty Hunt. Mm-hmm. Check out some Rick and Morty on Hulu. But I I do think that there's that there's an idea oh. that the Empire destroyed the Mandalorians in some horrible way. Maybe yeah. Um, and that's why they're all hiding now. And maybe now that the Empire is gone, they're trying to build their strength back up. Um, to possibly do something. Uh, and then it brought out the idea of Baskar steel, which is what she melts down to make his new armor. It's Beskar. Beskar, sorry, not Baskar, mm-hmm. Beskar. That was, that was from KOTOR, I think originated in KOTOR. Oh, sweet. Dude, mm-hmm. everything's KOTOR. Everything. Mandalorians, man, I'm telling you. <clears throat> yep. KOTOR. But I love the idea that throughout this show, we're going to be able to kind of track his progress as a warrior based literally on the armor that he wears. Yeah. So, very, very excited for that. Alright, I'm going to now, now I want to bounce back because I, I just wanted to hit that lore thing real quick. I'm going to talk about freaking Werner Herzog as the client. Mm, such a great, great quotable character, man. I loved him. His big, huge, like, imperial medallion on his neck. Yeah, like the imperial remnant, right? The guy, what is he? Is he, like, some kind of regional governor or what? I'm guessing, I'm guessing he was a governor or a moth or something that's now kind of yeah. become yeah. a crime lord. He's not, yeah. wearing a, he's not wearing a uniform, which is interesting to me. All the other yeah. imperials around him are wearing uniforms. Yeah, he's so he's just so he's so cool, and every word he says is just. I mean, it's 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 the accent, it's the presence. Like Werner Herzog, if you don't if you don't know, listeners, 
is a is a very indie filmmaker. Makes a lot of like art films. He said in interviews he's never seen a Star Wars. What the he hell? No, he has no idea who John Favreau was before this. He was just like taking the job. <laughs> wow. And I think I thought he killed it. I thought he was just he like did. he was like, the most authentic character I thought in the first episode, in my opinion. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, his quote from the trailer is is fantastic. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like it is. Uh, what do you say? Like Beskar is back at the hands of the Mandalorians or something. Yeah, just, it's, it's only right, don't you think, or something like that. I mean, that's yeah. Great. And, and then when the doctor comes in, he goes like. His excitement overwhelms his discretion. Yeah, and he, he gets up really slow and like he doesn't like diffuse the situation at all. He's like lets it happen. It's so sick. Yeah. Like yeah. everything about this, that might be my favorite scene, honestly. Yeah, he's gonna be a when lot of fun door, from the very beginning of that scene when the door opened and the stormtrooper turned in that like dirty, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. clearly worn down armor. It was just like, oh, it was so good. Yeah, because yeah. like they are dirty. They are getting destroyed. They're not you know, upkeeping their armor with government money anymore. Yeah. So, really dig well, that. I, w- I mean, I know we're still talking about characters, but what in the world is that character's motivation? I thought it was really interesting how he seems to be working with the doctor, right? Mm-hmm. And the doctor said, like, they want the asset alive for whatever reason. And then his character, the Imperial, was like, you can kill it. Like, it doesn't matter to me. I just he apparently just wants to get rid of the asset, which we'll get to. Yeah. Right. So from what I what I've seen online, um, so the doctor on his jacket, do you know what that symbol was? Yeah, the Kaminoan cloning symbol. Kaminoan. Yeah, that's that was my my theory too. Was... So I'm guessing. Okay, we're we're gonna get to the end at the end of this episode, but we'll, we we we'll gotta say it now just to keep talking about it. Um. The, the bounty ends up being on a baby of Yoda's species, right? A right. 50-year-old baby. Baby, baby so, the Yodelet. As our, our, disc, our Discord has been calling it the Yodelet. The Yodelet. Which um, is perfect. So the Imperial doesn't care if it gets killed. The Doctor wants it alive. I would assume the Doctor wants to clone it. Yeah. Would be we, my guess. I have a lot of, there's a lot of speculation going on right now. Uh, Obviously, this is the biggest plot point of the whole show, but there's yeah. so far. Like, but like I I saw a, I was talking about this with somebody today and and I said my theory is like what if uh what if this Jedi what if it's Jedi, first of all, and yep. what if he was like actually under the care of the Jedi Temple the whole time and has been there the whole time. <gasps> And the Empire, like, kind of took him when the purge happened. And, like, this scientist that we see has been involved in, like, studying him and taking care of him. And he somehow lost possession when the Empire collapsed. Like Maybe. Oh, dude, what if... That that would explain why there's all these pirate, like, that don't have any business taking care of a baby. These pirate-looking hired guns, like... Like, like this is a Hondo kind of plot, right? He got this thing from the from the Empire, and now because the Empire's not really a thing, the scientist wants him back. That was my theory. Guys, what if the client, because he doesn't care if it if it dies, right? What if he's an old retired Inquisitor? That's a stretch. And he wants to hunt down this child. All the Inquisitors are weird alien-looking people. That's true. Yeah, my thinking was like, what, what does he want from this thing? especially from like a doctor who may be studying this species who has an incredibly long lifespan. My thinking was that maybe they were trying to recreate that species ability 
to have yeah. that type of a lifespan because we know life. that the Empire and the Sith just in general, yeah, they want power and they want to keep <laughs> that power for as long as possible. So right. I was thinking maybe he wants that ability for himself. Yeah. Yeah. But then I don't know how, you know, why would he say then you can kill it so I'm not maybe sure. The client just like wants the DNA or something. Like he thinks you yeah. can get the body, but he didn't. He didn't say bring the body back. He just said proof of termination. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, he could have. You know, he could have live streamed that he shot him, and that would have been <laughs> that would have worked, right? Yeah. So. I, I think there also might be the, might be the idea that there's the classic sci-fi trope. The doctor wants to study it, and the guy, the evil guy funding it, is like, just kill it. Who cares? You know, it's your. Yeah. No one cares about your experiment, doctor. So we'll see way more of them in the coming episodes. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Two more main characters we got this episode. We did not get Cara Dune yet. I'm assuming we'll get here either in the next one or the third. We did get Kuil, who is the Ugnaught, uh, voiced by Nick Nolte. Fantastic. Uh, I I have spoken. Such a quote, maybe the most quotable like phrase from the entire episode. I think so. He was, he's, he's awesome. The Mandalorian, you know, goes to the planet where the Yodelit is is gonna be. He gets, somebody, somebody described like like how do you know that's him or something like that? Because I, I don't know, it's, it's something on Reddit, and it was like, what well, you don't recognize that chain smoker just ate a bowl full of gravel <laughs> voice. <laughs> it's <laughs> like so good. You can't unhear it. He, he's big for an Ugnaught, isn't he? I thought he uh, was. Proportion wise, he's maybe the biggest Ugnaught we've ever seen. Maybe he's a hybrid Ugnaught. Yeah, he, he might be. Older, I was maybe. I was floored by how good just in general the creature and alien work was. Yep. But um that but him in particular, the Ugnot like having a speaking role for once and like getting close ups and stuff, he looked fantastic. Yeah, he you did. Know, I, I really love that. Um and and real quick I wanna I wanna highlight to get to that planet, the Mandalorian was given um there was no bounty puck. Which is a new thing, right? Bounty pucks. We never. Yeah, seen that's really, people. really that's cool. Such I a cool. Really like the puck. Check. When he like toss that thing down into uh, in front of the Mithral or whatever, yep. and he's like, "Is that me? Yep. <laughs> is this is this a bounty puck?" Like, yeah, loved it. That was bounty so pucks. sick. And it also just sounds cool. A bounty puck. Um, yeah, it does. Cosplayer is gonna have a blast with that one. Yeah. Uh, but then he also asked for uh, like the code. So I find it interesting that maybe. You know, every being has a code of some kind, almost like a social yeah. Security and the number. and the last four digits mean the age. That's so sick. Yeah. So I really, I really did like getting a lot of, you know, world building of how bounty hunting works. I thought that was really cool. So, so we get to this planet. It's this moon. The Ugnot comes in, saves the Mando from a blurg attack. Blurg. Always great, fun. What a great name. Have the... Were those called that before the show? Yes. Okay. Yeah. What a yep. goofy name. Yep. That bird trashed his, his forearm armor. <laughs> I, was, I, listen, I tried to watch that three different times like to try to figure out, like, was it not trash before? Are you sure it wasn't? Not that I'm badly. Sure it was normal. Or, okay. Yeah, I think, it's, I think his flamethrower is broken now, I would assume. How did, not, how did that not trash his arm? Like, armor, yeah. mammy. Yeah, but it got a hold not- of like both arms, didn't it? <clears throat> no, just the one because he was hitting just it with the other one. one. Because he was punching it in the side of the giant head. <laughs> that that thing is like basically a head and two legs and a tail. Yeah. That's it. Caitlin it said it looks like a fish. It looks like a yes, fish it, with it legs. Does. It looks like a tadpole or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like the missing link. But then uh, Kuil comes in. He stuns the thing. He says, I will help you because, and I love this part, if you get rid of this thing off this planet, if you, if you kill all these guys, then finally we'll have peace here again. Which I love. He's like, I just want to read my book. Yeah. And all these damn outlaws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah He's coming great. around here, which was very cool. And then 
we got this, this, the critical, the typical Western scene of the hero having to tame the wild animal mm-hmm. in order to ride it, which I think was the best musical moment of the episode. Yeah, that was great. It was a little was a little jarring. Still don't understand how a speeder bike wouldn't have done the job, but you know, maybe they don't have those on that planet. Yes, that's true. Or maybe he's like, and and then he dropped. Um, uh, when, when the Mandalorian couldn't do it, it was getting all frustrated. Quill drops. Your people used to ride the Mythosaur. Yeah, yeah. Your ancestors used to ride the Mythosaur. How did he know that? That's like I think that's Mandalorian culture. Next level stuff. Okay, so, so we talk we talk about this. Oh, sorry, Charles. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so I know the Mythosaur is like the emblem or whatever, the yep. bounty hunter. And I know that Boba Fett's initial appearance was in the holiday special. And when she was riding what looked like a, like a brontosaur, like he was just like yeah, a that normal. Was not a that, oh, wasn't, that was, that was, that was my question. Yes, it does. I saw that on Reddit today. It does have does that stupid have little, the, yeah, here, I'll find a picture while you guys are really? talking. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I mean, regardless, I think so that's that we a can take anything about the holiday special and throw it in the goddamn trash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah look at it look at this look at this stupid the, motherfucker. look at his head he's got that goofy uh, terrible glare look at his head look yeah All right. i mean it looks kind of it looks kind of like that stupid they're, little they're kind of similar they're kind of similar regardless i don't think we're gonna see something like that i'm but, gonna guess it'd be more like also, it also though goes to show how serious Fabro is about pulling in yeah. material i mean like the fact that he's talking about something that was in the holiday special. I mean, the Mandalorian's weapon, which, Corey, you're still yep. playing. The video I know. <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah, it is. It is. It's yep. fantastic. Also, this, the title of this post says the new Mandalorian show looks lit. <laughs> 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 it's just a, the holiday yeah. special, which is utterly, utterly trash. Yeah. But I, but it, I did like them bringing in those elements. I did think that we're going to yeah. maybe get a flashback to like the ancient Mandalorians with Mythosaurs. Something like that would be really cool. I would really dig. And I, I know yeah. this will not be the last time we see Kuil, if nothing else, because he has toys. Um, I'm sure that he's going to keep, uh, keep showing up in our lives. He should. Finally, last let's character. talk about IG-11. IG-11? <laughs> guys, okay. For years, Might be been... my favorite droid ever, guys. Yes. People ever. are like, IG-88's the man. IG-88's the man. And he had a lot of Legends content. He's had like a canon comic, but like, Okay, fine. IG-11 comes on the scene, voiced by Taika Waititi, perfectly. And yeah, Corey, this guy's awesome. Oh my god. I love the new droids in Star Wars, period. Everything after the Disney acquisition, the droids have been utterly fantastic. Like, I love all of them. K2SO was unbelievably good. Um, man, IG-11, just the way he moves, it's very, like, like you said that this that Star Wars is very analog in our last, our last episode, Eric, and like... Yes. He's very analog in your moves, like very jumpy and robotic, and how he shifts his hips and his spins his torso when he's shooting and like twisting. It's like fucking awesome. Like it's just, I love it so much. He is very jarring. He's like it BB-8, is. BB-8 is so smooth, right? And like he's, he's not like, round. Arcing. Yeah, he's yeah. But IG eighty eight is like moving in angles, talking in angles, um, and when he fights, it is precision. He mm-hmm. turns exactly where he needs to. There's no, there's no sway. Right. He just murders 
when he shoots that guy when the Mando says up top and he doesn't even he's like, like, and he's, like he's like walking goofy and just shoots straight up and yeah. <laughs> body falls it was great it was really funny too that whole scene was very comedic and I really appreciated that yeah. it wasn't just serious the whole time it, it's like kept, try, kept trying to self-destruct <laughs> initiating self-destruct no don't whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> stop it no stop it that's, that's like your best up. friend when you go out to a bar after they just had a breakup and they're like yeah. initiating self-destruct and you're like whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I saw, I saw, I saw a meme I today. Am, that I am I, ordering tequila. No, stop yes, ordering tequila. I saw a really great meme today that I sent to my therapist wife, and it said, "Me talking to my therapist. I will initiate self-destruct. Do not self-destruct." <laughs> <laughs> it's so fantastic. Yeah, we are. So we are unanimously aboard the IG88 train. He and the Mando have an epic. <clears throat> I mean, this is gunfight at the OK Corral. This is this yeah, is you guys coming into a <clears throat> with a bunch of nobodies. A bunch of aliens, and they just mow them down. And that giant gun when he got when he grabbed the gun with his like grappling hook wire thing. Oh, was so cool. like, oh my god, that was sick! And then they That's Star Wars. That's it was so Star Wars. it was such Star Wars. And then like like they're like, how do we get the door open? And then they both like slowly turn and look at the gun at the same time. Oh, yeah. such beautiful cinematic. That felt very reminiscent too of Qui Gon and Obi Wan cutting through the door. Yeah, uh, yeah. To, to Newt Gunray and the Neimordians. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so IG88, or I, oh my gosh, I keep saying it, IG11. I even wrote in the damn outline. Find, find your IG11. <laughs> Forget about find your IG88. Yeah. IG11 is there on the same bounty, we find out. And mm-hmm. the Mandalorian, <clears throat> after getting shot by him. Uh, yeah. So says, why? Okay. Interesting question, too. Sorry to interrupt, Eric. Why is IG11 on the case, and why is his instruction explicit to kill the 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 prize yeah. we don't know people are hiring him i think you know yeah, was it the client that hired him as well like could the client so. hire multiple people or i don't think so either so more than one party knows about this yodelet and I so. yeah i think so uh, but interesting but luckily, that ig11 was also given as little information as as the mandalorian was yeah yeah and fascinating that ig11 was like split the bounty great we're done also, the the bullet the blaster chest did not come back, but I'm pretty sure that hit the Beskar plate, and that's why it bounced off. So yeah, it did hit the Beskar, to- the new one. Yeah, when we get total Beskar, we're gonna be near indestructible. Another interesting bounty hunter uh, piece of lore there. There's apparently reputation points. What the hell is that all about? Like, oh, right. I get the I, reputation points. Yeah, in the guild. I get the reputation of points in the guild, which is like cool. So, what is there, like a guild leaderboard? I mean, is, is Dude, Boba Fett sitting at the top of that? I mean, how's that work? I want to go to this guild hall. I want to go to the bounty hunters guild hall, and I want to know what's going on. Yeah, for real. So this all the so the bounty hunter guild is all straight out of legends. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. hold on, guys. Straight out of legends. Like we were talking about it briefly before, like the bounty hunter war series. Like is yeah. is got a ton of like. Like bounty hunter guild stuff, and there's like a whole bounty hunter code that's equivalent to mm-hmm. the Jedi code or the Sith code, right? Like there's like if you're an asset, like you're no longer like a like a person, like you're just the asset, like right? You don't right? It's all business bounty and bounty, like yeah. So they yeah. represented a lot of that. Yeah. Sorry, my dog. We had a person in our door. Our dog went crazy. Um. Yeah, I, I do think we might see some of that stuff going forward, but I, I love how in this first episode there's so much lore that it's just casually talked about. Like, yeah. it's known. They don't right. spoon feed us anything. Right. Yeah. Very excited. Also, right. uh, IG-11 is all over all the posters, and fucking Mandalorian shoots him in the head at the end of the first episode. I, 
Is so he going to rebuild him? Oh, yeah. I think it's going to be multiple. This might, this might be a stretch, but my initial thought was there will be – there are multiple IG-11s that are out there that are bounty hunter droids. And there are, there are, that's a whole line. The IG series is a whole line of droids. Right. I mean, but I'm saying, like, it'll be just new ones that keep popping up. Yeah, or I think they might, like, essentially, that may be one of, one of the running gags, is that every time he dies, he's got to upload him into a new one. He he's is like, Kenny oh, from that South sucks. Park. Yes. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God, he killed IG-11. Exactly, yeah. I was hoping for more of that, because, like, in Legends, the IG droids were all slightly unique. They all were yep. slightly different weaponry and skills, and, like, like I thought it was interesting that the, the whole IG series is, is like that. And yeah, like, I think that's what we're going to get. Yeah, I don't know. I hope it's the same one. I hope he just rebuilds it or something. That would be Oh, yeah. Cool. I mean, it's going to be the same actor. So, like, yeah. Yeah. we know it's going to be the same personality. All right. Let's talk about it. Uh, we've already mentioned it a bunch of times. The Yodelit. So, Mandalorian and IG-11 use the tracker fob, and they find the 50-year-old bounty is actually a baby of Yoda in Yaddle's race. We see it from yeah. the back first. We see the ears. And guys, I lost my shit. It I was too, man. I expected. It, same. Uh, like, I, I lost my fucking mind. How have they kept it. that under wraps? I mean, I don't go looking for spoilers, but, like, I feel like if that was out there in the general consensus, like, if, if everyone knew about this, I would have seen something. I but, had no... But, and in 42 <clears throat> years, we have seen two of these things. Right, yeah. In 42 years, there's been two. Three, if you count the old one from KOTOR. Always I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Always KOTOR, guys. Hashtag Play the game. game. <laughs> but, like, the idea that I, 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 I never expected it. No, not at all. I think it, it's incredible that that was kept under wraps mm-hmm. for so long that I, I had no idea what was coming. But when you see that silhouette with those ears, you just knew it immediately. Yep. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was a so great the, moment. The last second of the, of the episode where he like puts out his finger and his three little like clawed hand, little like e. it's a little ET moment and yeah. reaches out, well, man. And it mirrors exactly the, the, uh, in the flashback in the armorer, He's reaching up towards something, towards someone to help him, and then he reaches down oh, to yeah, help the yodeling. So yeah. there's That's an interesting mirror there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so what mm-hmm. is he helping with? Um, but now, I mean, at least in episode two, the Mandalorian's going to be backpacking a little yodelit. <laughs> it, it's going to be, yeah, a little one of those on someone's back again. That's going to be Swing beautiful. from a hairy vine. I could be a backpack while you climb. <laughs> Uh, so a couple quick questions about this Yodelit as we kind of get to the end of our show here. Do you guys, A, think it is related to Yoda or Yaddle? No. Um, probably not. I don't think so either. I, not, I think- every, not every one of the same species has to be related. Agreed. No. Although when whoever that was in our Slack channel, my one of you guys that said Yaddle fucks. Me? <laughs> I love Yaddle getting down. I almost lost it. It does, it does fit well with the timing that maybe it is the child of Yoda and Yaddle. Yeah, they had like breakup sex before the Clone Wars and we're like, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I, I don't think it is. I Because in Yoda's single issue comic for Age of Republic, I think, he mentions about being the last of his race or something like that in a thought. So I'm guessing maybe Yoda didn't know about it. Maybe Yoda didn't even know about it and... I don't know. Yeah. So Pretty what? Ha- I mean, one, we're gonna get a name for this species, right? Because we can't. Mm-hmm. You think Maybe. we will? I don't know. We I know virtually like- nothing of this. Like, I've always been on 
Can you get this goddamn squeaky toy from Ray? I can't reach it. I keep trying to reach it. I'm escaping my my bounty hunt with dogs. Yeah, seriously. We don't know shit about about Yoda. I've been on board with like basically that. um, That (laughs) somebody else is gonna have to answer. Yeah, I was gonna say I I love the idea that we don't know anything about Yoda's race. We've never known a name. We've never known any specifics. I think that's kind of cool because we know so much about literally everything in Star Wars that I love that mystery. So yeah. I don't mind I'd that like, doing this show. I would like to retain some of that mystery, though. I mean, I, I know we're getting, oh, I do I too. getting this character, and, and I'm excited about it. I really am. But I also hope that they don't just, like, I, I don't know, pull back the curtain, and we know the planet and we know the name of the species and we meet like 17 others and you know what i mean like, yeah and i i, yeah. I yeah, hope they right. don't do uh what was that from is that rebels rebels yeah with uh what's his face's race the oh with zeb's people yeah, yeah zeb's people yeah. and they find the planet and it's like oh there's lots more but like it don't do that please with this i really hope that that doesn't happen yeah um, i agree i think i think that it, the mandalorian may be like it's this thing and that's about what we'll get. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be force sensitive though. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. And I think, remember how I said that I was kind of concerned that the stakes wouldn't feel high? <laughs> yes, that, I do, Corey. That's that's gone now because like <laughs> this is Yoda. It's a Yoda species, right? I mean, it, it's a potential Jedi. I mean, it's probably force sensitive. Like, yeah. uh, that's where my head's at. So I'm like, yeah. if, this, if this is somehow connected to the Sith and... I don't know. What if Maul has some sort of cameo with being like well, he's he's, he's dead. long dead. Yeah. He's dead. But it would make sense though for him to come up just for Mandalorian lore, right? I mean, yeah. he was like the yeah, the mention him of Mandalore at some yeah. point. So yeah. like Somebody even a Reddit, name drop would be. That's true. Somebody on Reddit pointed out that the uh, the forger, like the blacksmith's, like helmet is kind of spiky, kind of reminiscent of like remember the spikes on the Mandalorian helmets in Clone Wars? Oh, sure, so, about the multiple. ones that followed him. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's definitely possible. I think that we're we're gonna see a lot more of how the Mandalorians react to maybe this child. Like the next the next question I have is where is he going with it? Like, is he gonna take it back to the client? Is he just going rogue? Like, we know he shot IG eleven, but at this point, it technically could still be with the intention of bringing it back for the bounty. Yeah. So, true. I I mean I'm guessing is he gonna that freeze the baby in carbonite. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when it goes to try to excavate Storex. I, I, I think ultimately, and this is kind of where I want to start us really winding up with our predictions for next episode, right? Just with the baby specifically, because God knows what planet we're going to or anything. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to take the baby and try to get back to the doctor to, to bring it in alive. And the Imperial is going to be like, actually, we do want it dead. And then the Mandalorian is going to have to like shoot his way out and then essentially betray the guild in a way to try to save this child. Hmm. And then he's going to be kind of blacklisted with the guild or something. I think there might be something there. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I was kind of leaning towards like something happening where he's suddenly on bad terms with the clients, like, and he doesn't even make it as far as to do an exchange or anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, so maybe, maybe I guess my head is like, my head's at, he goes rogue like immediately. Like he doesn't yeah, want some to kind of rogue element back with, yeah, I think y'all are on to something. I think that he presents proof or what's supposed to be proof that the kid was terminated and he wasn't. Yeah. 
Ooh. That's a good idea. That's cool. And yeah, the client, I think we'll find out eventually. We've seen footage of the Mandalorian shooting stormtroopers, right? So, I mean, Mm -hmm. eventually the client sends these troopers after him because that's the only source of stormtroopers right now that we know of, the only Imperial presence that we know of, which maybe there are more, but they're going to end up being at odds. Yeah, I agree. Something like that. I don't all know. Right. As, as far as like the big picture, though, of what this is all about, I uh-huh. have no freaking clue. Yeah, we still don't and know. I love that. And I love I that. I, I have no that. idea what the show is about. I've been saying that now. Like, I have no idea what the show is about. Like, yeah. is it going to be connected to the saga in some way? Like, I don't know. I have no idea. I have so many questions. And hopefully some will be answered uh, on Friday. Again, I don't know when we're dropping this episode, but Friday the 15th, the next episode of The Mandalorian will be out. I'm sure as you're listening to this, you will already have seen it or be seeing it soon and we'll be dropping our next episode about that soon thereafter guys before we get out of here lightning round one by one your favorite part of the episode if you had to pick charles favorite part of the whole thing oh um the guy getting cut in half by the door like (laughs) seeing, seeing that to fruition because we saw it teased we saw the door closing on him so many times and like his lower half of his body actually fell right past the camera Yep. Yeah. It was great. Corey? Uh, the IG-11 gunfight, like, like not just because it's the action sequence, but specifically the shots of IG-11, like, kind of badass on his own, like, spinning and stuff. I loved all that. That was so sick. I can't wait yep. to get more of that. Yep. Uh, I'm going to second the gunfight, but then I'll also add for variance um, his talk with Grief Karga about handing over the pucks and getting the new currency and just, just like, all the new stuff that added and the... Um, all the stuff with the Mandalorians, with the armor. I'm very excited yeah. to go back there. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, it's only twice as long as we thought. Uh, we don't know how long these episodes are going to be for the future episodes of the Mandalorian, but we're just going to keep talking until we're done, and hopefully the audio is going to work for us all the time. We'll but see. on that note, our lovely patrons, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Bounty Hunt. Be sure to tune in later this week for episode two of The Mandalorian on Disney+, and keep your eye out for our next hunt. If you're listening, then you already support us over on patreon.com slash utini, so we want to thank you for your support. And if you love this episode so much, why not check out the next tier? I'm sure it's very cool. Uh, go ahead and tell us your thoughts about The Mandalorian in our Discord community. We have a separate channel for The Mandalorian at utini.com slash discord. And be sure to follow the main show on Twitter at LivingForcePod and all of us individually for our latest thoughts about all things Star Wars. I'm at Eric Eilers and Corey's at DocStarWarsMD. Charles is at C. Hankel. And until next time, remember, bounty hunting is a dangerous profession. We have spoken. You've been listening to the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Yeah? Good. To learn more about other Utini Patreon exclusives, visit utini.com.